Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Followers of Jesus, that's who a Christian really is, not a religious person. Followers of Jesus are to be and live different 24-7. That's what the Beatitudes is about. Jesus is going to say, as you live, you will be different. Not weird, not bizarre, not because you have a Christian cap on. But your character and your lifestyle is going to be different. Because of that, number two, that difference, well, it's going to draw attention. When interacting with other individuals, it might not always be obvious what their background consists of. Whether they're a doctor, an engineer, or a retail manager, we don't always perceive these things through simple interaction. However, this doesn't necessarily need to be the case when it comes to being a Christian. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark teaches us what it means to be the salt and light of the earth. Today we learn that as Christians we should be recognized as different in comparison to cultural and societal norms. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 11, with part one of his message entitled, It's Time to Shine. Matthew chapter 5. There was a young boy who had just finished his first year in junior Bible college. He was kind of a sheltered young man. He always had lived at home, and his parents were fairly conservative in, in their walk with God. And he announced after his first year in community college at he wanted to get experience, and he wanted to go out of state for the summer and work on a construction job. Well, the parents thought about that, and they said, well, really, he's old enough, and it'd be good for him to go and just see what the real world's like and so forth. But they sat him down, and before, before he left, they said, no, son, when you go, you can expect opposition, and you can expect people to make, to make fun of your stand for God and your Christianity. So we just want you to be aware of that. You've kind of been sheltered in this little town. And when you go out, especially on construction crews or whatever, just get ready to do that. Well, he went, heard his mom and dad, went off and spent the summer. A few times he called home during the summer, and the subject really never came up. But he finally finished that summer's work, gained the money that he needed for the next year's tuition, and came home. And as he came home, he sat down with his parents, and they talked a little bit about the summer, and they kind of said, well... How did you handle the new adventure? What did you learn? And finally, his mom said, well, I want to know how you stood up to the laughter and the opposition of being a Christian. And the young man said, Mom, it was really a piece of cake. He said, nobody ever, the whole summer, 
Nobody made fun of me. Nobody gave me trouble. Nobody hassled me. Nobody oppressed me. Nothing. It was, it was just a great summer. In fact, he said, nobody even found out that I was a Christian. Hmm. Jesus is going to speak right to that this morning. He's going to talk to us about our faith and what we should do with it. Should we be silent? Should we be in the face of people? How do we live this walk? Now remember, Jesus is teaching the Sermon on the Mount. It's chapters 5, 6, and 7. We just finished the Beatitude. And he's teaching his disciples how to be character and then how to live in everyday life. The passage is very appropriate for us today. You heard last week in our teaching that we're supposed to be peacemakers. But then we said to you, you remember a big statement we made last week, you can't get peace at any cost. You must stand for the truth. Well, Jesus is going to expand on that today. Now, one of the things that's very interesting is this. When we look at our passage this morning, we'll start in verse 13. Most of us used to pick up at verse 13. And we know verses 13, 14, 15, and 16. If you've been a Christian for a while, you've studied them. But about three weeks ago, when I was reading through the Beatitudes, I want to remind you of something. When Jesus sat down and began to teach, he didn't say, now raise your hand, turn to Matthew chapter 5, and look on down there to verse 13. Here we go. No, it was a scroll. In fact, it wasn't even a scroll yet, because he's just teaching verbally. There weren't chapters. There weren't verses. So it was one big teaching over a couple days. In other words, it works together. Well, I've put in the New Living Translation on the overhead for you. And I want you to just look up there. We're going to read these verses. But I'm not going to start in verse 13. I'm going to start back in verse 11. It was one perfect whole teaching. By the way, it doesn't even end at 16. Let's look at it. Jesus says to the Christian, God blesses you when you are mocked and persecuted and lied about because you are my followers. Well, what should I do about that? Well, be happy about it. Be very glad. Why? Well, a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted too. Now, we taught that last week, but that's not where Jesus said. He just kept on teaching. So in other words, these verses that we just read are going to relate to what we read today. It's not two separate teachings. Well, look at his next statement. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's it's lost its flavor? Can you make it useful again? It will be thrown out and trampled under feet as worthless. He goes on. You are not only salt, but you're the light of the world, like a city on a mountainside, glowing in the night for all to see. Now, don't hide your light under a basket. Instead, put it on a stand and let it shine for all. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. What was Jesus saying? Well, he was saying that, notice what he said first of all. Well, you're going to be persecuted. Be happy about it. And the more, well, you are going to be persecuted. Well, since you're going to be persecuted, just go ahead and be salt, be noticed, be light, be more persecuted, be more happy. That's what he said. He didn't say, well, you're going to be persecuted, now hide. No, he said, be salt and be light. So three keys I want you to write right from the beginning. If you get these, the whole teaching makes sense this morning. Number one, Jesus says this. 
Followers of Jesus, that's who a Christian really is, not a religious person. Followers of Jesus are to be and live different 24-7. That's what the Beatitudes is about. Jesus is going to say, as you live, you will be different. Not weird, not bizarre, not because you have a Christian cap on. But your character and your lifestyle is going to be different. Because of that, number two, that difference, well, it's going to draw attention. People are going to notice that difference. And it's going to draw attention. Now, again, that difference isn't because, well, I know that Christian. No, they go, you know the weird one? No, it's not about that. The obnoxious one, it's always in your face. No, it's not about that. Just being a Christian, character of Christ, merciful, caring, gentle, servant, not prideful, that's different. Not focused on me, but on others. So I'm going to draw attention. I'm not out there trying to draw attention. It's just going to happen. But number third, that difference won't only draw attention, but it's definitely going to draw persecution. So what's Jesus saying? Jesus is saying this, I guarantee you, if it was from uh, Louisiana, it would be Agarantai you. You remember that guy? I, I guarantee you, you'll be noticed. And when you're noticed, well, some people are going to lie about you. They're going to misjudge you. They're going to oppress you. They're going to make fun of you. What should you be? Well, just be happy. Be loving. Be resilient. You say, well, Pastor Michael, I can't be those things. That's exactly right. With God in you, you can. Without him in us, we can't. So the challenge is, since you are going to be persecuted, since you are going to be made fun of, make sure it's for the right reasons. So Jesus is going to teach us this morning two things. Be salt and be light. Now let's look down at verse 13. Jesus says this. He says, you are the salt of the earth. Chapter 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. Now, sometimes in our teaching, I learned this from another individual a long time ago. We ask two simple questions. We make a statement, and it's two words. So what? So say it with me this morning. So what? So what? So here, here we go. Watch this. Jesus says to his disciples, you, you're the salt of the earth. So what? When you go home today, your kid's in the car. What'd you learn, mom and dad? Well, I'm the salt of the earth. What does that mean? I don't know, but I'm the salt of the earth. So what? So that's why we're here to explain to you what so what means salt. Interesting. Now, what Jesus is really saying is salt had great relevance in those days. Most of us are aware of probably one kind of salt, table salt, Morton salt. Some of you are gourmet cookers. You're probably aware of kosher salt. Kind of a different thing. But USA had an interesting article. Here's what it says. Listen to these kinds of salts. Atlantic salt, black salt, Celtic salt, Florida gray salt, Himalayan sea salt, Italian sea salt, kosher salt, Maldon sea salt, smoked salts, and table salts. How many have those in your cabinets? 
There's all these incredible different kinds of salts today that, well, they're mixed with different things and they have a different flavor because of the minerals there. But see, in Jesus' time, salt was very valuable. In fact, many of the Roman soldiers were paid with salt. Can you imagine that? At the end of the week, your boss gives you some salt. Well, today we go, yo, forget that. Where's the money that went into my ATM account? Come on. Well, in those days, we have a statement. Remember that? Here's a statement. You've probably heard it. He's worth his, he's worth his salt. Well, it came because in those days, salt was just like money. So what is Jesus saying? Jesus says, you're salt. To the disciples, they knew exactly what that meant. They were valuable. Do you know this morning you're valuable to God? And he has you here on this earth for a reason. For Remember what it says. You are the salt of this earth. You're here. You're to be valuable. You're to be salt. Now, copy these three things down. Three of the major things that salt does. Number one, it preserves. It preserves. Well, the disciples knew that. Many of them were fishermen. They would catch fish in the Sea of Galilee they would, there's no refrigerator, can't throw it in the Amana. So they would salt it down, and then it would be able to be transported way down south to, oh, Jerusalem, where there was many more people. So they were familiar that salt preserves. Today, of course, we use that a little bit in food, but not too much. Now, spiritually, there's going to be an application to all these, so just hold on, we'll get there. Number two, salt creates Thirst, thirst. The movie theater owners understand this perfectly. <laughs> you, you can go to the movies. In fact, I think if I was the manager, I'd change the philosophy. You know, when you go get this little popcorn or whatever, and you get this big popcorn, you could just give everybody just a big tub of popcorn free. Just walk in and with your ticket, you get this popcorn. And you go sit down. After a few minutes, what? Man, they put that buttery salt, you know, the stuff that just goes hardening right boom, right there in your heart. But you're enjoying it as you're dying. <laughs> and then you say to somebody, go get me a drink. And so they head out to get in the line. And they look at the choices. No small. Starts with medium. But it's like this. And because, you know, they watch the choices and they get their ATM out. And they, by the time they bought a drink, it was forty-six fifty <laughs> for the drink. And they go back and somebody else says, I need more. And back you go. And pretty soon you're out of there for probably a couple hundred bucks. And the movie was ten bucks and the popcorn was free. But they knew that salt creates a thirst. Number three. Salt brings out the flavor. You and I, when we salt food, it's a little bland sometimes, and we just have to put a little salt on there to bring out the flavor. So what are we talking about? Let's talk about the three of them together. Number one, what does salt do in our world? Here's salt this morning. Spiritually, what does that salt do? Well, it hinders the spread of corruption. The Bible tells us that there's a coming called the rapture. It means there's a day coming when God's going to remove all the Christians from this earth. 
Right now, because you're a Christian and I'm a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in us. We are a purifying force in this world. You say, well, Pastor Mark, this place is pretty corrupt. Well, wait till we leave. So we are a purifying force. In fact, the Bible says when the rapture comes and the believers leave, all hell is going to break loose. Because the purifying saltiness of a Christian is no longer an influence. See, we have influence today. Now, be careful. We're into the government. We're into politics. Certainly, we try to do things legally and all those things. We believe in that. We vote. We don't. But just be careful. By legislation, we're not going to purify this world. It has to be man's heart. So we are in the politics. We do pray. We do these things. It's very important. But basically, it's our life showing that Jesus Christ can change a heart. Because I don't want to change voting patterns. I really want to change a person's heart. Jesus lived in Rome. I mean, a city just totally controlled by Rome. He wasn't in the changing that. He was in the changing people's hearts. Number two, creates a thirst. Here's something you want to write down. Understand this principle. The world is thirsty for real life. They're just thirsty for real life. John 10, 10 says that, that God gives us a life abundantly. They're thirsty for real life because their life without salt is bland. They were made to know God. But when they think about God, they're confused. They think of God and religion as the same thing. That is not the same thing at all. And by you and I living a life, a real life, then we make a huge difference in people because they look at our life and eventually they're going to say, I want what you have. You're different. Where do you get the joy? Where do you get the peace? How does that happen in your life? And that's because, well, to serve Christ is just the greatest lifestyle in all the world. I mean, we have troubles just like everybody else, but we have God. And so there isn't one person that you know this morning, even though they don't recognize it yet, that isn't thirsty for God. They're looking for something to add meaning or flavor to their life. They're going through all the hoops. They're doing all the things. But they still remain thirsty and empty for real life. Now, Matthew 5.13 says, You are the salt of the earth of the earth. Here's the key. Write this down. Jesus expected his followers, that's you, that's me this morning, to exert a healthy, purifying influence in their world. So God has left me here. Jesus says to us as Christians, you, 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 you are the salt of the earth. Now here is the salt shaker. Let me give you a couple dangers this morning. Since I have to be this healthy, purifying influence, notice he says, you're not the salt of heaven. There's no purifying influence needed in heaven. It's only on earth while I'm here. What's one danger? Here's the first danger. What you're going to see is something very, it's so plain, but sometimes we miss it. Salt is useless if it stays in the salt shaker. You see, for the salt to do its work, to create thirst, to help with purification, to, to cause people to want to see our life and have flavor, it, 
I can't have this dish of food and keep the lid on and, and shake. I mean, I can shake all I want. All I'm getting is a little exercise here in my arm. That's it. There's no salt coming out, so nothing's happening. So what does that mean? Well, as a Christian this morning, it's got to come out of the salt shaker. When you have opportunities to open your mouth and to take a stand and to do all of these things, you have to do it. You see, if it stays in the salt shaker, it just does no good. One other thing very important. I remember teaching on this subject, came to me last night as I was teaching, probably 30 years, 35 years ago. I got like 20 different kinds of salt shakers and I set them all out, all different kinds. Some of you like to collect those suckers. I mean, you go, people collect spoons, you collect salt shakers, whatever. And then the next garage sale, they all go out there and somebody pitches them away and whatever, but you enjoy them. Well, if you have all these salt shakers, this could be a 99 center from Walmart or a $500 gold one from somewhere. It's not about the salt shaker. It's about the salt. So it's never about you. It's never about me. It's always about God. Now, this is a dead plan already, so it doesn't matter. All right. So danger number one is for the salt to remain in, for you and I, well, just to be quiet. Never really exert any kind of an influence. God didn't put us on this earth and keep us here to keep the things to ourselves. So I have to be here, and I have to be an influence in our world, in my world. Are you an influence this morning? Or are you just keeping it to yourself? You remember the student? The student that went up, worked the whole summer, got home and went, made it through that. Nobody even knew I was a Christian. Do people at, at work in your neighborhood know you're a Christian? Oh, yes, Pastor Mike, I got my Calvary sticker on my car. By the way, it's safe to put one of those on now. You, you can put a Calvary sticker on your car. No, that, that's not what we're talking about. By the way, you should have one. Great. But that's not it. Do people in your neighborhood know that you stand for Christ? How about at work? Pastor Mark, I've only worked there two years, and I'm not ready yet. Really? Why are you there? Student in school? So we have to be this influence, and danger number one is salt is useless if it stays in the salt shaker. Here's danger number two. Salt is useless if contaminated. Notice what Jesus says. But if the salt loses its saltiness... How can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything, except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You see, in those days, it was way different than today. When, when we buy a box of Morton salt or whatever, we know it's just sodium chloride, it's pure. But in those days, they didn't have all those purification processes. So many times there were other minerals mixed with the salt. When it comes to being different or standing out, each of us will have a different perspective on what that means. In today's message, Pastor Mark taught us what the difference of being a Christian looks like in contrast to society. We learned that it's not about being weird or bizarre, but rather reflected the message of Christ to others by how we live and interact with others. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Stay tuned for our next edition of Lessons for Living, as Pastor Mark teaches us the importance of maintaining flavor as the salt of the earth. In our study, we'll learn just how important it is that we remain different from the rest of the world in our walk. By remaining faithful to God's Word and living a life that reflects Christ, Pastor Mark will teach us just how much more effective our witness will be. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurry.